Is it time for a guest, do you think? Yes. Shall we do that now? I think so. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we didn't have any news. <laughs> it's happened again, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we have the news then? Quick news insert. Yeah. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson, Richard James and Chris Dale. It's the Jerry Anderson Podcast. You haven't done that for a long time. You see, I'm feeling much better. A week has passed and I'm fresh as a daisy. You're looking quite fresh. Yes. Yeah, daisy-like. Thank you. I'm fact. looking daisy-like. Yeah. Now, can I just stop you before we go any further? Because well, last week, the yeah. introduction to this podcast was pretty disastrous. Well, that was your idea, though. I know it was my idea. Well, don't blame me. Well, is it in the idea of the execution? Mm, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, you introduce it, then. No, I'm not going to introduce it, but I'm just going to say right. we should be very efficient this week. Oh, God, right, OK. OK, so yeah. this, this is the Jerry Anson podcast. Yeah. It's a podcast all about the worlds of Jerry Anson and beyond. Yeah. Uh, the hosts are Bridget James. That's me. I was in Space Precinct. You were. I've written a few Jerry Anderson books. Brilliant ones. Uh, provided some voices for some Jerry Anderson productions. Yes. You don't stop, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, and you? I'm Jamie Anderson. Yep. Yes. Son of Jerry Anderson. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and and I'm talking to you now. Yeah. Uh, and also, yes. we're joined by... Third member of the team. Third member of the team, Chris Dale. There he is. Hi, Chris. Hello, Chris. Hi, Fantastic. guys. Yeah. Uh, and we talk about Anderson stuff every week. Uh, yes. The podcast consists of the following segments. Uh, sorry, have you got somewhere to be? No, I just want <laughs> right. to be efficient. Okay, go on then. Right, the following segments. What, is this you want me to take over now? Uh, or? We can do it, uh, it, it switching between us. Fab Facts, a great section where you can learn about the worlds of Jerry Anderson at random. Uh, the, the Jerry Anderson News, whereby Jamie gives us some news from the Jerry Anderson Universe. Uh, guest feature interview yes. this week with the Radio Times' very own Mark's, Mark Braxton. Yes. Mark Braxton. Yes. Uh, and uh, the randomizer. Yes. With Chris Dale sitting on the sofa watching a random episode of Jerry Anson series and giving us his thoughts and comments. He doesn't normally interrupt like that. And uh, also sprinkled throughout yes. notes and musings and thoughts from our lovely listeners, the Podstrons, That's right. via email and Facebook and yes. YouTube and other places. Exactly. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Is that efficient enough for you? Yeah. You see, I thought that was lacking a bit of character. It's all very well just giving us a bullet point thing, rundown of what's coming up, but it's not fun, is it? Yeah. No, we've gone from the, the sort of the ridiculous to the the dull. <laughs> we have. Well, I think that's been a long, long journey. Those are the sort yeah. of swings you can expect right here on the Jerry Anderson podcast. Yeah. Good. Okay. Right. Well, that was very efficient. Talking of the dull. Uh, why, we, uh... why are you looking at me? Well, I've just... Oh, you're talking about Fab Facts. Yeah. No, that's a segment which is never dull. Right. Until now. Okay, uh, here's Fab Facts. Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. Right. Yeah. Fab Facts. Yeah. Terribly dull, you know. Uh, it's a wonder it's still going. I, I, I know. When will it end? Will it end? How many facts are there in the universe? Should it end? Well, <laughs> How many facts are there in the universe? That's a great <laughs> question. I'm not sure we can answer that, but... Uh, I can answer that we do have a book of yes. fab facts right here. Each week I flick through it, you shout fab, yeah. that lands us upon a random page, yeah. very random page in the book, <laughs> and uh, from that random page I read the fab fact, and we hope, we just hope it's oh, fab. We Can't, really hope. Sometimes, it, hope. sometimes it's weird. Yeah. Sometimes it's definitely not fab. Yeah. But mostly they are, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, mostly I'd say, yes. Good. Okay, are you ready with your fab? Born ready. Here comes the flicking. <gasps> fab! Oh! Very well fabbed, Richard. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Oh, it's... What? 
It is quite a big one. Is it? Yeah. Oh, Do you on mind? Then. No, go on. You got time for it? Yeah, slip it in. Okay, fine. Uh, Richard, did you know that making the supermarination puppets work involved quite a lot of wires? Um, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. yeah? Oh, okay, fine. Right. That's that one then. Uh, it seems fairly self-evident, but as we know from various accounts dealing with the wires, uh, they were often a source of frustration to the teams making these shows, either having to disguise them or various tanglings or breakages that would have been occurring almost daily. Yeah. Possibly minutely. Uh, Not minutely. So on. <laughs> no, oh. I mean every minute. I see. Uh, there's another consideration that most viewers would probably never ev even register regarding the wires on the supermarination puppets. That is the issue of hats. Oh, right. Oh, I like the sound of this already. <laughs> and on. I already know how we're going to end this, too. OK, <laughs> remember on. that. Yeah. Uh, so, hats. Uh, many regular Supermarination characters, and also plenty of guest characters, were seen wearing hats, hats. or yeah. helmets in yeah. various shows, even as far back as Torchy and Four Feather Falls. To get that headgear onto the puppets involved making tiny holes in the hat prop and then running it onto the wires and then sliding it down the wires towards the puppet's head. I can imagine. Where presumably it would have then been uh, more securely attached so that uh, it, it moved with movement of the character rather than independently floating <laughs> above the puppet's head. Yeah. For most of the hats, the holes themselves aren't too obvious, aside for the, the strings running into them, which you can maybe see. Sure. But on the smoother surfaces of the various helmets, for instance, the angel's helmets... Uh, or the Spectrum spacesuit helmet seen in Crater 101, it's a little bit more noticeable. Uh -huh. But sometimes our supermarination heroes might need to take their hats off. Right. What then? <laughs> oh, don't do that to me. I know. Well, what then? It's very <gasps> stressful, isn't it? Mild peril. Well, let me help you escape from this mild peril. Yeah. Uh, there would, of course, be some duplicate hats for the Tracy brothers or the Spectrum captains, but since getting them onto the wires in the first place could be a bit of a hassle, mm -hmm. if you needed to show the character not wearing a hat from time to time, it would probably drive you mad having to repeatedly put them onto the wires and take them off again. Yes. The solution, oh, I, wonder. I hear you ask. Can I offer a solution? Go on. Well, this is what I put a little slit in the, in the hat so you can kind of slide it off the wire. But then you have and to have slide the it back slits on. running to all of the entry point holes, wouldn't you? And there's, like, multiple multiple wires. Yeah, but the hat's only on one wire. Head's got more than one, oh, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the solution... Right. Not yours, thankfully, because <laughs> no. that would never have worked. No. Well, in some cases, it was just easier to run the hats back up the wires oh. until they were out of shot, because they were on, <laughs> like, eight feet of wire, most of them. Yes. So that if you happened to be in the studio, it almost looked like the puppet's hat was now hovering high over their heads. <laughs> And it wasn't just regular characters who experienced hovering hat syndrome, or HHS, as we're now That's calling it. That's a thing, it. is it? HHS, yes. Right. It's terrible. Uh, listeners who own a copy of Thunderbirds The Vault can turn to page 120. I'll wait while you do that yeah, now. Yeah, well then. Uh, where they will see a picture of the two puppets who play the imposters in the episode of the same name, and one of them still has the hat he previously wore as a policeman in terror in New York City floating over his head further up the wires. <laughs> and on the opposite page, there's a still from the filming of The Duchess Assignment where one or two floating hats can be seen uh, over the characters in the casino. Really? Well, yes, that's what it says here. Oh, well, must, must be, be true. It yeah. must be accurate. Funny. Uh, so are we saying that this was a common occurrence? Probably not, no. since the Duchess assignment photo has 16 puppets in it, but only a couple of hats visible. We also have uh, several angles of the party scene from Flight to Atlantica, and of the 12 puppets in that scene, only Harmony's helmet can be seen, but it's interesting that uh, leaving hats on has occurred over several shows. Yeah. Mm. Can this hovering hat phenomenon ever be seen on screen? 
Uh, oh, tender hooks. I'm going to say yes. No. Once. Not, oh, in, really? not in any episodes, as oh, far as we know. But if you take a look at the colour behind the scenes footage that was shot for a Parade during the making of Thunderbirds, you'll see that the Thunderbirds puppeteers setting up uh, a scene in that. Judith Shutt grabs the, tr- the John Tracy puppet and brings it over to the set, and John's hat is visible, not on his head, but floating high above on his wires. <laughs> Another case uh, of HHS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So next time you watch Thunderbirds or Captain Scarlet or maybe even some of the earlier shows and you see a regular character in uniform but not wearing their hat... Yes. There's just a small but not absolutely zero chance that the missing hat might be hovering, hovering out of them. shots yeah. over their heads in another case of HHS. Anyway, I quite like that. Yes, that nice, was good. A little technical solution yeah. that's, uh, you know, teach, uh, teach you to do a bit about how it was made. Yeah. It's something to look out for. Yeah. Explain some photos. It's lovely. I lovely. bet there's a shadow somewhere. Oh, a hat shadow, a yeah, hovering hat shadow. Yeah. I think they would have spotted that. Yeah, you're right. I'm doing limited service, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. then again, occasionally a hand or a thumb would creep in. Yeah. So yeah. maybe. That's right. Yeah, Potstrons, if you spot uh, a case of HHS or the shadow of an HHS, please do email us podcast at jerryhanson.com. But that brings us very, very neatly and quite obviously to the end of this week's Hat Fact! Cool, aren't we doing well? I think that's two weeks in a row. Two in a row, We said yeah. the same thing. It's all going to come crashing down. Yeah, that's true, yes. Uh, now, you're listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. You might even be watching us because we've been on video. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. For the last two or three months. Now, have you resisted coming to video? Have you tried video and not liked it? Yeah. Have you started on video and thought, oh, I'm do you know audio what? now? Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough of that. I don't want to look at those those two. I was going to say those three, but I thought I didn't want to include Chris. No. Is that unfair? Absolutely right. Everybody yeah. likes him, Chris. Yeah, oh, he's my favourite. Uh, yes. Uh, now, I'll tell you what you could do if you're feeling of a nice disposition today. You could leave us a nice review or a rating. Oh, please do. Yeah. Wherever that. you're listening or watching, just pop a little comment and say how much you enjoy the podcast. Maybe leave some, you know, stars and things. Maybe mm. five. If you're or, feeling or, or four, if you're feeling a bit stingy. Four? Yeah. Why would you leave four, never three, not five? And definitely not two or Never one. three. No, no, never three, because that's, like, satisfactory. No one wants to be satisfactory. Yeah. I've been in three-star theatre shows, and Have it's you? no fun oh, when you no. get those three stars, and you think, well, I suppose it's all right, then. It's not terrible. Yeah. It's not awful. I might as well not have done it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and also, uh, copy the link and share us on all your social media profiles, on your Facebooks and your Twitters and your, you know, Instagrams. Explain why. Don't just share a, a sort of naked link. No, no, no. Give some context. Exactly. Say, hey, guys. Hey, followers. Uh, check this out. If you do it, like, really... You're so down with the kids. <laughs> this podcast is wicked. <laughs> that's to say that. Thing. Exactly. Please say that. Uh, I think it's about time we open the door and let in a cool breeze, don't you? Really? Mm. Now? Yeah. Mm. Here it comes. This is the voice of the Podsterons. Oh, it is nice, isn't it? Mm. Somewhat refreshing, but creepy. (laughs) That's right. And that's going on my CV. Another one of your reviews. (laughs) Hi, Jamie, Richard and Chris. This is from Lynn Beresford. Hello, Lynn. Yes. Now, Simpsons Clips 24, says Lynn, asked my husband, Stee, last year to do some voiceover work for a story production he did for Terrorhawks. The lovely Chris Dale doing voice work too for Oh, I see, Chris. Okay. Bit of moonlighting, eh? Yeah. Oh, I bet he's expensive. Terribly. I bet he doesn't come cheap, the Mm. randomizer. Oh. Um, Anyway, he asked again this year if he could reprise Young Star again, as it's the 40th anniversary of Terrorhawks. That's true, it is, you know. It is, just been gone. gone. Yep. Uh, That show, ha, Zelda was scary and had me as a kid hiding behind a cushion. Must have been a very small child or a very big cushion. Both. Yeah. 
<laughs> My husband, knowing that I'm unfortunately not able to be so easily discussive and recollective of details in Jerry Anderson shows as some of our wonderful podstrons can be, thought this a small yet important way to join in the fun and do the voice of Mary Faulkner for the named story. What a buzz! My other half was giving me a few pointers and decided Mary would sound better being north of the border. That's quite a change. It is, isn't it? I like yeah. it, though. Hamming up your own accent to sound like Tennant, I highly recommend it. Oh, that far north of the border. That's very far north. Yes. Uh, I may even get a credit too, says Lynn. Uh, anyway, the podcast is sounding good as ever, and thanks to the efforts of many, including the wonderful Willow from the Potter's Arms on TikTok, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook listeners group, we will aim to make this accessible for all and spread the word for Jerry and his legacy. Keep up the good work, guys. Well, we are trying, aren't we? Yeah. It's hard work, though, isn't it? Keeping this kind of standard up every week by week by week. Standard, yes. <laughs> uh, by the way, Jamie, you kept the Candy and Andy book quiet, mm. doing nothing about it and focus on other projects. Mm. Many thanks from Lynn Beresford. Oh, P.S., can you say a massive hi to my torchy girl, Biddy, as she will hear it and go all embarrassed. Not that I want to embarrass my teenage daughter. Laughing emoji. Oh, hi, Biddy. Hi, Biddy, from the Jerry Anderson podcast. I think we're going to sing that. What? Hi, Biddy, from the Jerry Anderson podcast. My I was trying to embarrass her more. Oh, I see. Well, you just did. Uh, thanks. What you did was pretty embarrassing. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I try. Yeah. Uh, I've got one. Yeah, it's quite short. Oh, right. Okay. Do you, do you mind that? No. Okay. Always room for a short one. This one's from Penfold UK 01. Okay. Mm. Yep, good. The very first Penfold, Penfold UK. UK. Absolutely right. Fantastic. Amazing. Uh, I stumbled across the podcast like this. Ah, another example. Another request we made. Yeah. Strangely enough, due to the events of uh, Jerry Anderson Day 2022 in Birmingham, Ooh. the first podcast I ever listened to was sitting in the live recording at the Electric <laughs> Cinema. Wow, what an initiation <laughs> by fire. Ah, imagine that. <laughs> imagine like just dropping in thinking you're just going to catch some art house movie or something on a Sunday morning. And then surrounded by the, the madness and, uh, you yeah. know. Maybe slightly unprofessional, <laughs> Jerry Hansen podcast. No, How actually, you, you were brilliant. Wasn't I? You were, you're a great I was on fire live, that You're day. a great live host. I'm and a great the, live host. The pod, Podstrons were great in, uh, in live as well. But I'm sure yes. you said, hmm. is this anyone's first ever Jerry Hansen podcast? Right. And I don't recall anyone saying yes. Yeah, well, you wouldn't, would you? Well, if you're on, you know, if, if you just turn up, everyone else seems to be know, know, knows what's going on. They know all the catchphrases. They're joining in with the news, the news, 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 <laughs> and your gubbins and all that. And you're just sat there thinking, what on earth? This you're is, not going to say, yes, I, I'm the... This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. No, fair <laughs> enough. Anyway, that's lovely. What a yeah. great way to find us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Philip says, hi, Jamie. Richard, I need to start by saying what a relief it was after a stressful day at work to know that I've got a new pod to listen to. Uh, and I'll give one example, as I couldn't believe it. Go on, I can't wait. A customer came to customer services at the supermarket store asking for some helium balloons to blow them up. And I asked, would you like a wait with them? And the customer responded, why do I have to wait for them? I said, no, no, would you like a wait with them? Eight times I had to repeat myself and, and hold the balloon weight in my hand before they understood what I was asking. I felt like I'd ended up in a two Ronnie's sketch. Nice. Anyway, it's fab news about the latest Thunderbirds audio adventure release, says Philip. Oh yes, Danger and Deception. Mm. Already got it pre-ordered, as the other releases are of such high quality, and this one will be no different. I agree. Oh, he sounds rather certain about that. No, it's great. Yeah. It's also great to hear Genevieve Gaunt talk about working on these stories with great passion and respect for the original series. What a lovely talent she is. Yes. 
I think we can all agree there. Yes, we had Genevieve Gaunt in his very studio a few weeks ago, so uh, do look out for that if you haven't seen it already. I'm really looking forward to the graphic and novel collections for Space 1999 as I waited for all of them to be available and was rewarded with a discount bundle on the Anderson store. Uh, will be the perfect read with the longer nights drawing in. Mm. I'm now just fizzing with excitement about what you're doing for Terrorhawk's 40th anniversary as the teaser for the graphic novel like the new Captain Scarlet novel last year made me very happy. Oh, brilliant. Now, this is good. Philip, uh, Philip says, just keep doing what you're doing as it's all fantastic. Aww. Oh, well, there we are then. Yeah. That's it. We'll just, just keep doing this. Okay. Yeah. Something for everybody. Regards, Philip. Well, that's what we're trying to do. So if Yeah, but w- is there anyone out there... Who's listening or watching? I'm Where thinking, are you going with this? Do you know what? There's nothing in this podcast for me. Well, I mean, you I'm know, sure in the wider world there are <laughs> there are many billions of people who find there's nothing for them in this podcast. Yeah. But hopefully, if you're Sad, an Anderson fan, then there is something for you. Something, yeah. Um, I have another email. Yes. From Paul Hyder from China. Hooray! Uh, hi, chaps. Hello. I'm in a musical pondering mood. Oh, right. That sounds good. I assume pondering stuff about music rather than doing pondering musically we'll find we out do both. Yes, that's i've on. been thinking about the various pieces of music that were written for one jerry anderson series but then reused in later series ah how did the copyright situation work there was all the music owned by the production company for use whenever and wherever they wanted or did barry gray himself own and recycle it as he saw fit or did the program makers just figure nobody would notice or care if certain themes popped up again well best wishes from paul what do we think uh, well, I'm I'm pretty sure they would have had carte blanche for mm. use mm-hmm. for across the productions, either because of the deal that Barry was on, or because Barry owned the music and had the publishing rights at that time. Yeah. Now they're owned by Sony, so you wouldn't be able to do it now. Uh, but yeah, music. I think music rights and stuff were just a little bit looser back then. Yeah. And then only when the publishing rights went on to to be Sony, yeah, would it have gone there. I guess it would have been Century Twenty One Records that owned the publishing rights. So. A part of the group of companies, I think. Mm. If anybody knows better, I'm happy to be corrected. You're always happy to be corrected, aren't always, you? Always, please. And please frequently are. Me. Yes, aren't you? Un- yeah. unfortunately so. Yeah. Uh, nice, thank you, Paul. Uh, that's all for now. Uh, drop us a line, podcast at jerryanderson.com, and we'll read out your emails next time. We will. Yeah. We always do. Tell you what it's time for now. I, I have no idea. Please well, inform me. Well, I've seen him loitering outside. It's your doppelganger with. His specs on, looking right. all keen and eager. Yes. Apparently he's got some news to tell us. Oh. Should we have a look? All right, fancy pants, over to you. Hello, underfans. Jamie here, coming to you from a top-secret location. So this is a very quick rundown of this week's Jerry Anderson news. Candy and Andy in the Verandas, the coffee table book from Four Corners Book, celebrating that weird and wonderful uh, photo comic strip from the 1960s is out now. If you'd like your coffee, go to the Jerry Anderson store. Have you pre-ordered your Eagle or Eagles? The Eagle Transporter and Rescue Eagle launch our brand new collectibles range and you can pre-order them now for a very special reduced price. We might just extend that offer for today only. So grab yours while you can. Space 1999 Comic Anthology is now in stock and shipping. We're just doing one print run of this, so if you do want one, then grab it before it's gone too. From next week, we'll be carrying on our deep dive into Dad's early life and career over on the YouTube channel, so you can look forward to that. And if you're waiting on an SPV or an Angel, they will be shipping from the beginning of this week too, so they should be with you very, very soon. Just a final thought to leave you with, with our new collectibles range going live, 
what collectibles would you like to see? Let us know. Email us podcast at jerryanson.com. And that was the very, very quick Jerry Anson News. Back to Richard and Jamie in the studio. Uh, now, can I ask you about the Jerry Anderson news? Do you have to? Let's look back over the five and a half years oh, that we've yeah. been producing the podcast. Why are you yawning like that? It makes that? you feel a bit weary that it's five and a half years. Well, it was your idea. I know. How long did you expect it to last? <laughs> like a couple of weeks? Six months. <laughs> What's your favourite ever bit of news that's been on the Jerry Anderson news? Oh, I don't know that. <gasps> okay, let's narrow it down. What about since we've been doing it on video? Oh, Candy and Andy, obviously. <laughs> really? Is it? Well, the fact that it was there the whole time, and ah. I realised halfway through, I thought if I remove it, somebody might notice. And yeah. yeah, and it was quite nice revealing that. Yeah. Um, I think all the Terror Hawks Day stuff. Yeah, been, that was fun. A bit of a highlight, yeah. And uh, I was about to ask you, what's the most exciting bit of news we've got coming up? But I can't tell you that because that's in the future. Can't you even whisper it? Because <laughs> you must know. Um, you just haven't announced it yet. Oh, some collectibles. <laughs> collectibles, yeah. <laughs> How's okay. that? Yeah, that's, that's good. good. That's, that's an exclusive. Is it? Ex- yes. Didn't feel very exclusive. Well, I, the fact that there's more than what's already been talked about. Oh, that's a, yeah, you see, you no, see. It's all yeah, good. yeah. Very good. Uh, more news next week. Uh, more of everything next week. <laughs> okay. But here's something you won't get next week because he's yes. only here for one week. Only one week. Yeah. Is, it, is he very busy and exclusive? He's very busy man. And it's time to welcome him to our guest's chair. That's where you're sitting. So okay. you need to move. I'm going. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for Here inviting at the, me. The Moxie Hotel in Slough. Indeed, yes. You were mentioning, as we rode the lift together, mm-hmm. that you were enjoying the little uh, homages around the place. Very Any much particular so. ones uh, struck uh, you? Yes, there was a chalkboard with an outline of Thunderbird 4 on it, which yes. I rather liked. Nice. Yes. Yeah, good. Nice touches. Uh, now, you work, of course, for the Radio Times. I do. Uh, for many of us, the Radio Times was just as much a part of family life as Anderson's shows, I think. Was it the same for you growing up? Very much, yeah. Uh, my mum and dad uh, had the Radio Times delivered to our family home uh, from way back, as long ago as I can remember, really. Yeah. Uh, some of my scrapbooks would indicate probably late 60s. Really? 1970s, early as that. Yeah. So... Very much part of the furniture, yeah. And were you uh, one of those families that would circle every Christmas in the bumper edition oh, exactly what you wanted yes. to watch? Yes, but uh, <laughs> like like a pet dog, you know, not just for Christmas. Ah, times. indeed, there you go. <laughs> uh, and now the 60s and 70s are often considered the golden age of TV, and I know that's when you were sort of growing up and watching TV yeah, as a child. Yeah, yeah. Would you agree with that, and, and why? Yes, I think I would. Um Two, two reasons, really. First of all, um, those programmes were very much part of the daily schedule. Um, nowadays, it can be quite difficult to find bespoke yeah. children's programming. Yeah. Um, but back then, you know, it was just part of daily, daily viewing, really. Yeah. Uh, but I think programme makers had a lot more freedom back then. Right. Um, Peter Furman, who made Bagpuss and Clangers and those lovely programmes with Oliver Postcake, uh, once said to me that um, the uh, the schedulers, the uh, the channels were starving for ideas, and he said we gave them ideas and they wanted them. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. You know, so I think they just have more freedom back then. Well, that chimes with the story, of course, uh, uh, of Jerry Anderson's relationship with Lou Grade. Indeed, yes. Uh, yeah. And I think uh, Lou famously saying, you know, you could make a TV show about a light bulb and I'd pay you for it or something. It's all about having a good idea, isn't it's it? It's that trust, isn't it, that programme makers know what they're doing. And mm. do you think we've lost that a little, in particularly in children's uh, TV? 
Yeah, I do. And I just think it's more difficult to find. I, I'm quite sure really good shows are being made now, but yeah. they're just more difficult to find. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, uh, talking of really good shows, we're going to play a little game with you right. now just to try and suss out your uh, Anderson credentials. Right. It's called Super Identification. And we're going to play for you the first few snippets of each of the opening titles of each of Jerry Anderson's series. Right. And I want you to shout out for each one that you recognise the name of that show. Okay? okay, ready for this? Yes, I think so. Off we go. So this is Twizzle, I y think. Yes, good. Adventures of Twizzle. Uh, Torchy the Battery Boy. Was that a guess? Yeah, good, kind good of guess. Was. Four Feather Falls, yes. I think. Supercar, got to be. Good. Oh. Fireball XL5. Yes. Just Stingray. Good. First colour one. Thunderbirds, of course. Yep. <laughs> Captain Scarlet. Love those credits. Great. Joe 90. Yeah, that's it. Jamie's favourite. Uh, this is the Secret Server load, as I call it. <laughs> Secret Service. Uh, UFO, of course. Oh, Protectors. Uh-huh, yeah, good. I thought it might be this first. Space 1999. That's the one. This is an emergency. Terrorhawks. You're cooking on gas, Mark. <laughs> oh, is that Dick Spanner? Well done. Terrorhawks, not Terrorhawks. Uh, Space Precinct. Good, I'll forgive you. <laughs> uh, is that Lavender Castle? It is. And finally... Uh, new Captain Scarlet. Well, well. Was Very good, Mark. How, I mean, how do you think you did there? Um, okay. Okay, it was a full house. How was it? You I got thought I got one wrong. No, I think you got every single one of those right. Oh, uh, so that's 18 out of 18. Uh, which puts you, I think, with uh, Lee Sullivan, uh, who's our previous title holder. The legendary. There you are, look. Dressed in your Thunderbirds <laughs> uh, gear. 18, not bad at all. Yeah. So no gaps there. Very often we have gaps, you know, people who can't quite remember, uh, as you mentioned, particularly the early yes, series, yeah. but you seem to be quite spot on there. Well, even Stingray and Thunderbirds, I've probably watched on repeat. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. But how, how did Twizzle and Torchy, what's that doing in your brain? <laughs> well, I've just seen clips, really. Yeah. Um, I went to a convention around about 1981 where they showed... An episode from every series up to about Space 1999. Oh. So they did show a twist on, they did show a torch. Oh, I see. So I'm familiar yeah. with them. Ah, uh -huh. gotcha. Uh, so let's take you back to your childhood then. I mean, you now work in TV, uh, watching TV, sort reviewing of. TV. Yeah. yeah. Um, did television play a big part in your life as a child? Yes, uh, probably more than it should have done. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, just watched. A lot of TV, I guess, as a kid. What sort of things were you watching? Do you remember anything particularly? Um, I loved anything animated. So uh, the Trumptonshire trilogy is oh, what yes. they're called nowadays. So Chigley. Chigley, Trumpton, Trumpton Candlewick and Candlewick Green. Green. So I, I loved those. Yeah. Uh, on ITV, Thunderbird Stingray. Yeah. Um, but my favourite show back then was Vision On. Right. Which some of our... Uh, Viewers, listeners may or may not know. Yeah. Uh, but that was the whole package for me. It yeah. was sort of like a sketch show. It was just 
little bits of everything. Yes. Animation, comedy, mime. Absolutely loved that. Yeah. Art as well. Yeah. And did you have an inkling as you were watching these programmes that perhaps you might want to work in that world somewhere? Well, as I grew up in in some capacity, I suppose. Yeah. Um, my friends and I used to uh, make films, super eight uh, films. Really? In our teens. Animation or? Uh, some animation. Really? Some pixelation. Yeah. In other words, animating humans. And, yes. Uh, a little bit of sci-fi, yeah. things with explosions, model work. Wow, amazing. Um, so, yeah, I was always quite creative, I suppose. But never tempted to move into production then as such? or No, not really. Mm. Um, I once had a terrible interview to be a cameraman <laughs> oh, and yes. my physics knowledge was just not good enough for that. <laughs> so uh, I started to veer more towards the writing yeah. side of things. And do you remember watching Jerry Anderson shows back in the day, the first time, as it were, they were out? Yes, or oh, the first time I saw them, certainly. Um, I remember Sunday mornings for me in the LWT region. Yeah. Uh, I used to watch Thunderbirds. Yeah. And my friend and I just absolutely loved it. And oh. we would make the guest vehicles, if you'd like. Oh, really? Out of Lego. Oh, yes. Crab logger, side one, oh. all that stuff. I see. And was there anything you, you could sort of put your finger on that, that, that to your young mind distinguished Jerry Anderson's stuff with Thunderbirds and so on from other things you were watching? Did you Were you aware that it was different in some way? I think um, people talk a lot these days about world building, you know, Marvel yeah. and Star Wars and Disney, all these huge franchises. Yeah. Um, particularly with um, computers. Yeah. Uh, available to them but you know Jerry and Sylvia were doing this stuff 60 years ago yeah and in a way that was very inspiring I think to kids uh thinking that you know we could do that stuff we could make that model yeah uh we could recreate those episodes in games things like that yeah so yeah I think it was the whole world building mm. aspect of it uh, so we've spoken a little bit about your childhood. Mm. So all wrapped up in that would be your first Jerry Anderson memory. And I was in touch with you via email prior to our meeting uh, to see what your first memory was of an Anderson production. Yeah. I don't think it will surprise anyone, but let's have a look at this. Now you will die. 
There we go. Great acting. A bit of Thunderbirds, of course. Yeah. Uh, the Uninvited, I think, yes. specifically was the episode you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, do you actually remember sitting down to watch that as a child? Yeah, very much so. Uh, everything about that episode I loved. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the set building was fantastic. The two bickering archaeologists were very funny. Oh, yes. And they really made me and my friends laugh a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's, it's people often talk about Jerry Anderson's shows about the scale and it's like a mini movie every week, but actually it's also about the characters, isn't it, and the interplay between them, even, you know, not the regular cast, but guest characters as well. Yes, absolutely. I think in that one Scott gets injured. The right. Thunderbird 1 crashes uh-huh. and we see some blood on his forehead. Right, so, yes. You know, we care about what's going to happen to him. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, you also mentioned another first Anderson memory mm. in our emails, so tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, this is the first thing I remember about anything to do with the Anderson world. And uh, my gran took me and possibly my brother to a puppet show in Cookham yeah. in a village hall. And uh, it was a general puppet show. It wasn't an Anderson. Right. A bespoke Anderson yes. show by any means. But outside uh, the village hall, there was a big pink Rolls Royce. Ah. And this would be the puppet-sized ah, Rolls-Royce. A certain, so the actual Well, I think? couldn't verify that. Yeah. I don't know if any of your listeners yeah. remember. But, yeah, so late 60s, 1970, something like that. And seeing something in real life that you had seen on the screen. Yeah. Must have been thrilling. It was. Yeah. Uh, for one thing, I didn't realise how big the puppets were sure. and therefore the vehicles. Yeah. But this thing just looked stunning. Yeah, amazing. Uh, now, we also have some uh, questions from our viewers and listeners. <laughs> okay. If you would be so good as to uh, plunge your hand into mm. this uh, rather fetching Space 1999 <laughs> yes. lunchbox. Uh, well, well, why weren't be... these around when I was a kid? I know, I know, it's great, isn't it? Uh, so, yes, there's a few in there. So if you want to uh, just have a feel around. There you go. Right, this is from Richard Goodborn. Mm-hmm. And he says, which Anderson show would you like to see having a revival or reboot on mainstream TV? Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that would have to be Space 1999. Ah, would it? It would, yes. Why? Uh, it's my favourite show. <laughs> is it? Yeah, from the Anderson world. Ah, is it? So you've got a sort of a fondness for the supermarination shows because mm. they're redolent of your childhood somehow. Indeed. But actually Space 1999 is where it's at, do you yeah. think? Why, why is that? What could you put your finger on? What's so attractive? I suppose because I grew up with these shows. So as they went on, they were getting a little bit more grown up, uh-huh. um, more adult. Yes. UFOs sure. definitely was. Yeah. And Space 1999 was as well. Ah. Um, so, yeah, I was the right age for it when yeah. it came out yeah, yeah. to appreciate it. I, I loved the characters. I loved the setup. Uh, it seemed believable believable to me the the moon base yeah and i love the whole intelligence of that first series in particular yeah and the philosophy behind it there seems to me a certain sort of cognitive dissonance about Mm. the supermarination shows and the live action shows being under the same anderson umbrella do you think they're easy bedfellows or well i think there is some continuity in that you have this uh family of characters in a fantastic or fantastical setting. Yeah. So, you know, you could see that as yeah. a lineage, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, and I guess there's the likes of Derek Meddings providing the effects and so on Indeed. and the model work, and yeah. uh, which uh, ties it all together, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, the eagle I loved as well. It just 
seems such a believable yeah. transport. But uh, by the time Space 1999 came around, then you were too old to be making models in Lego or not? In Lego, yes, yeah. but <laughs> certainly the, the models that came out, the ah. FX Eagles. Right, yeah. Uh, was it FX? I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I still still model making by that stage. Yeah, amazing. Uh, take another question right. from, the, yes. uh, from the lunchbox. This is Paul Hyder, mm-hmm. and he says, how has TV programming changed since you started on Radio Times in 1996? Right. Is it better or worse, do you think, and why? Mm. So you've been at the Radio Times for over 20 years. Then. 28 years. 28 years, yes. almost, yeah, yeah 30 coming years. Up. So uh, have you seen a lot of changes in that time? Well, it's difficult, this one, isn't it? Uh, I think everyone's golden age is different ah. it's in the eye of the beholder yeah so so my golden age would be different from yours yeah and might be different from the next person who sits in this seat sure um but yeah most of my favorite shows are going back a wee while but great stuff is still being made um one of my favorite shows from recent years is detectorists yes of course which i absolutely love yeah um it's all about having a good idea and I think a great TV also is TV that has heart. Mm. And that's what lasts after all, isn't it? Yes. And, and that kind of programme is still being made. Yeah. Line of Duty, these dramas, you yeah. know, fantastic. But uh, all with, uh, you know, both the shows you mentioned there both have sort of s- strong leadership. Yeah. Jed Mercurio for Bodyguard, I think, and Mackenzie Crook. Uh, for Detectorists. Thank you, yes. That was the other point I was going to raise, which is the writing. Yeah. Good writing. That's it, that's right. And also, again, we're back to people being trusted to make programmes. Yeah. Almost to go away into the garden shed like Peter Furman. Yeah. And to make the programmes that they exactly. need to make. Have a good idea. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a couple more questions in there, I sure. think. So do uh, dig around. <laughs> like a raffle, isn't it? <laughs> yes. This is Steve Bushell. Mm-hmm. Have you ever used a typewriter? And if so, <laughs> when was the last time? Yeah, I mean, you must have seen some changes in almost yes. 30 years in, yeah, in how you... Uh, how I put a story together. That's right, yeah. So yeah. did you start at a typewriter? Yes. Uh, Maiden at Advertiser was my first job. I was ah. cub reporter there, trained up. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so what would be your role as a cub reporter? Uh, well, to use a typewriter, for one thing. Uh, <laughs> but to do any actual reporting? Yeah, certainly. Ah. Uh, I had a patch, so I was given Bourne End yeah. and uh, Cookham, yeah. places like this, to yeah. report on. Uh-huh. So I would go out to those places and ask around, go ah. in the village halls and yeah. talk to people. Yeah. Do you know anything that's happened in the last week? <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, typewriters and notebooks were very much the... Uh, Equipment that we use back then. And were you always heading with the Radio Times? Do you think was there a part of you that always wanted to work for the Radio Times? Possibly at the back of my head. Yeah. Um, after I'd been in newspapers for a little while, weekly yeah. then daily, yeah. um, I saw an advert for a uh, sub editor right. in the listings department of Radio Times. Yeah. And I went for it straight away. Yeah. So clearly, seeing the brand Radio uh-huh. Times of must course. have piqued my interest. Yeah, that's right. And I think uh, just time for one more question, if you want to. uh, That's it. So this is Paula Hembury. 
And she asks, the Radio Times recently listed its top 100 TV programmes. Ah, yes. What would you put at number one? Uh, which Anderson show would you put at number one? OK. I don't so, know if that's the same question. Yeah, it could be, I suppose. I suppose it's asking, in general, what, yeah. where, what would be number one? But if you had to choose an Anderson show to put there... Space Night. Really? Yes. OK. For sure. Yeah. Um, and would that be the same as my overall? That's uh, very difficult. Uh, yes. What would be yours? My top ever show <laughs> oh, to put number it? one. It really is difficult because yeah. how, you know, what criteria are we using, you know? Yeah. Because there are, there are shows I undoubtedly love, like mm. Faulty Towers. Mm. I mean, that can't be far off the number one spot. Blackadder. Uh, but then there's also Doctor Who, Space 1999. Yeah. Doctor Who, yeah. Uh, shows, yeah, like The Detectorists, more recent. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to make that list. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Detectorists would be uh, from the last sort of 20 years or so, yeah. my favourite. Yeah. Show, yeah. Uh, now, it's time for your quick fire five. Now, this is nothing <laughs> to worry about. It's short and sharp and painless. But I'm going to ask you five questions with an either or response required. Ready for these? Yeah. Okay. Would you rather spend the weekend on Tracy Island or on the moon with the clangers? Oh, the moon with the clangers. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, Thunderbird 2 or Eye of the Engine? Thunderbird 2. Oh, I could see it was close. Yeah. 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 Uh, choose a pet, Bagpuss or Mitch the Monkey from Supercar? Bagpuss every oh, time. Really? <laughs> yeah. uh, who would you rather choose for a heart-to-heart, Stingray's Aquamarina or Dr. Helena Russell from Space 1999? Helena. Do you think she'd be quite empathi- empathetic or... Um... I'd like to think she would. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, you, you must choose a colour from the Dulux colour range mm-hmm. to join Captain Scarlet and Spectrum. So, are you Captain Cloudy Dreams or Lieutenant Overtly Olive? Uh, Mum used to say I used to be a bit of a daydreamer, ah. so probably that one. <laughs> there you go, so Captain Cloudy Dreams. That's the one. That's it, it's a perfect fit. Well done, that was your quick fire five. Uh, but now let's move on. We've mentioned the show already, mm-hmm. uh, but now we're going to take a look at one of your favourite Anderson moments. Peril there uh, from Space 1999, The Last Sunset, I think. Indeed. Yes. And when I asked you again via email what your favourite Anderson moment was, you went straight for that, didn't you? Yes, I suppose I was choosing a, a Victor moment. Yeah. And you could take any of those. Yeah. Uh, there's some nice moments in uh, the full circle where you just hear him whistling or humming. Uh-huh. Um, it's just that humanity. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed that scene because. Um, the roles were switched slightly because Victor really should have thought that through. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes, <laughs> Being of course. the scientist. Do you think so? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, Koenig had to sort of bring him down to earth with a bump. Yeah. But I, I just love his cheeriness, his optimism. Um, 
always makes me smile. And sadly missed in the second series. Really, yeah, that was terrible to take him away. I, I think he was very hurt by not being asked back. Right. I get the impression from interviews I read with Barry. Yeah. Um, and the series really seems to miss him, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. He was he was the human touch. Yes. And, and um, in the books of Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, they would talk about his mechanical heart uh-huh. and him being slightly emotionless. Right. Which is a nonsense, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. He was the human character. Yeah, of the that's show, right. For me. Anyway. Yeah. Do you tend to find if you watch a TV series, there's always a character that you will identify with most? Yes, probably. Yeah. Yes, I think we all latch on to someone, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And what sort of characters do you find the most attractive then in series? Um, the philosophers, the ah. ones who think a bit about yeah. life in general. Yeah. Um, I I always liked Victor's optimism as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I suppose the big question is: Here you are from the Radio Times. Mm. I know you've watched an awful lot of TV in your time. Mm. Uh, have you been able to put your finger on what makes a great TV series? Well, I mentioned this earlier. I think the things that last are the things that have been made with with love and that have a heart to yeah. them. Um, Jerry and Sylvia got such uh, a cast of people around them who were brilliant at what they did. They were very good at talent spotting in that way. So that's one thing, having having people around you that are good. But but it's about the writing and yeah. Any anything that has a heart, a, mm. a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. That's what lasts. Yeah. Now, you'll be relieved to know that it's time to play one of my favourite games called Cute, Mute and Recruit. Right. Now, will I will I, Richard? Is that, <laughs> will I be pleased? <laughs> time will tell. Now this is very simple actually. What we're doing is we're assembling our very own version of an international rescue squad of characters from the worlds of Jerry Anderson okay. to help out in some hypothetical disaster. Right. And each guest gets to choose from three cards yeah. which they will mute, in other words, never want to hear from again, which they think is cute. Sweet, funny, attractive, or which they want to recruit to our international rescue team, okay? So far we have Victor Bergman, Yes. in fact. Um, anyway, you can see at home all the ones that have picked so far, been picked so far, and it's time now for you to choose from these three random cards that were picked to you for you uh, by John Lee, who was okay. our guest to celebrate Terrorhawk's 40th anniversary. So, are you ready for these? We have... <laughs> we have... Father Stanley Unwin from the Secret Service. Is he mute, cute, or recruit? Here's your second one, the Hood from Thunderbirds. And finally, we have Captain Zantor from Space 1999. Who would you like to mute? Who is cute and who will you recruit? So, um, when he was speaking sense, Father Unwin was uh, very sensible. He was. True enough. So I think I would recruit him. Aha! Perhaps controversially. There he is. Good. So which of these is cute and which would you mute? (laughs) It's a difficult choice. I'll give you that. Well, in the tradition of pantomime, I think we have to put the hood into mute. With a boo and a hiss. So what does that leave? Well, that means that Xantor, as played by Christopher Lee, 
you think is cute. It was a very good performance. Exactly. <laughs> Let's stretch the definition as far as he possibly can. And he was a very wise character. Indeed so. There you go. But you have recruited Father Stanley Unwin to our cause. Right. So thank you very much for that. Now, we're getting rather low on these cards, uh, but I would now like you to choose three random cards there for our next guest. You can take a look if you want, but we don't need to know right now. And one more. There we go. And if you pass them to me... And I shall hand them on to Nicholas Young, who's our next uh-huh. guest, uh, to choose for the next round of Cute, Mute and Recruit. Uh, but for now, before we go, Mark, is there anywhere where people can get in touch with you or find you online? Uh, probably Twitter is the best yeah. uh, place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Braxt M. Braxt M. Or just put Mark Braxt M. I do love your uh, your Twitter or your X feed because uh, very often you you... you Tweet pictures from old radio times, yeah. from on this day in history, and first broadcast here, and the last episode shown there. Many of them by Don Smith, great photographer. Yeah, and yeah, I just like posting archive stuff, really. Yeah, fantastic. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, let's thank Mark Braxton. <laughs> thank you. Lovely Mark Braxton. Lovely Mark. And always when I think of Mark, I think of Bagpuss. Ah, do you know, I always think of uh, the Clangers because he sent me a rather nice picture and I've seen it previously of him surrounded by the Clangers. Ah, Yeah, isn't that nice? Well, because his profile picture on X, formerly known as Twitter, is Bagpuss, isn't it? Which is why I I just, yeah. Yeah, he loves all that stuff. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, a real nostalgist. Well, as we spoke about in the interview. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Now, next week, I think we have the first part of an interview with Nicholas Young, who was in possibly... Am I, is, is this contentious to say one of the better regarded two-part stories of series two of Space 1999, The Bringers of Wonder? Is I think that that's pro- probably reasonable to say. I, I don't yeah. hear anyone shouting that that's not the case. It's the only two-part It's the best regarded only <laughs> two-part <laughs> Well, the best story, isn't it, really? That, that's what I mean. Yes. I watched it just the other day ahead of my interview with Nicholas and uh, I rather enjoyed it. Good. Thank you very much. I'm glad you did. So he'll be talking to us about that and, of course, the Tomorrow People, which is also what he's most famous for, perhaps. Uh, quite a, uh, you know, a popular figure on the convention front. So I know there are lots of podstrons out there who would have met him at some point. Yes. Well, that's we had nice. breakfast with him, didn't we? We did. As well as five doctors. <laughs> that was weird, Four doctors. It? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. So uh, now uh, let's head on over to YouTube it's because nice the place. official Jerry Anderson YouTube channel is chock full bursting to the seams it, it runneth over <clears throat> with goodness yes what and, a phrase and sometimes people comment underneath it yeah. for example uh, I've seen there's a new uh, mini sort of documentary strand The Early Life of Jerry Anderson produced yes. by the wonderful Ross Arrowsmith I believe he's one of your favourites <laughs> right? uh, beneath which Peter Littman said uh, it's not an exaggeration to say I actually grew up with along with millions of other people Jerry Anderson I was five when the 60s began and 15 when they finished. Alongside the Beatles, Jerry Anderson was responsible for the best possible entertainment for every single year while growing up. Before the Xbox age, children loved two things. Pop music and telly. Oh, yes. Uh, By saying the Beatles and Jerry Anderson, I rest my case, says Peter Littman. Fine. Yeah. That's the case for the defence? 
Or the prosecution. <laughs> That'll be the case of the defence, I think. Brilliant. I'm Fine. not quite sure what, his, what the charge is. But, no. Uh... <laughs> well done, Peter. Beautifully done. Uh, I've got Odie Dillon here. Yes. Says, Jamie, Richard and all of Anderson Entertainment, I cannot thank you enough Aww. for sharing these clips with those of us who grew up in the worlds of Century 21, Jerry and Sylvia Anderson, a fab entertainment era. Yeah. The, memory those, the memories of those great days keep flooding back with each episode I watch, as well as re-watching the Super Mario Nation series from the late 50s through to the 70s and beyond into the live-action ones. Oh, That's a nice thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. We're very happy to share these things with you. That's why we do it. Yeah. Uh, Genevieve Gaunt joined us to celebrate Thunderbird's Day. She did. Uh, and JetDom767 says, Genevieve is such a lovely lady. She is Lady Penelope, as is John is Parker. She's doing amazing work for GA Productions. She's blooming well is. Yes, she makes That's it look effortless, effortless as well. Yeah. She's, How did she do that? She's just got that air about oh, her. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Fishplate Films yes. says... Fantastic show, lads. Oh, That's nice, isn't it? Uh, as a boy, I grew up with Thunderbirds in the 70s and still love it today. And to see the tradition being carried on is FAB. Of course it is. Uh, what a lady Genevieve is. Talented, smart and almost too gorgeous. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but down to earth and a great role model for young women. Isn't that lovely? I great, agree. great role model for everyone. Exactly. I was about to say that. I would go much further. Yeah, simply a great role model. She's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Death Star 1977. I like the cut of his jib. Or her <laughs> says, my question, which is more of a request. I understand that Anderson Entertainment has started going into the physical media business. We have indeed. Uh, and after the unfortunate demise of Network, this was a miracle. Mm. Uh, and supplying releases for the UK and US. After seeing your release of Space Patrol, I was wondering if we can see more Jerry Anderson titles on DVD or Blu-ray, and maybe even 4K from you in the future, like New Captain Scarlet or Terrorhawks. Also, since you have the connections with ITV, uh, who also have a deal with Shout Factory, mm -hmm. maybe you could talk to them about even doing Jerry's ITC productions, and even combine the extras from both UK and US releases. Food for thought, but it would mean a lot if you put this into consideration. Well, Thanks. Consider it, consider it in consideration. Oh, yeah. We are already talking about these things. Yeah. Uh, New Captain Scarlet was only produced uh, in HD. Ah. So a 4K upscale of CGI, uh, not sure how well that would work. Yeah. Um, similarly, Terrorhawks, 16mm print material is the only stuff that's available. I'm not sure how well that will cope with a 4K restoration. Right. But we are playing with these things. But yeah, we've got lots of plans for physical media. Um, over the next few years. Yeah. So, uh, yes, stand by for physical media. Oh, <laughs> disappointing. Uh, yeah, because what we want is everything looking the same on our shelves. Everything under one kind of umbrella thing, mm, all mm, the same. Mm. Oh, I'm very keen for it. that. I'm very keen for that. Mm. We're, we're trying, we're trying. Yeah. Uh, Sweetcorn 1968 says, surely Space 1999 should be considered a period drama now and not sci-fi. Yeah, it's it's more Downton Abbey than it, it is. Oh, uh, I've always thought that. Yes. <laughs> It's true. I mean, certainly, it is certainly of a style, isn't it, with the sideburns and the hair and the flares and so yeah, on. And the date. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, but you sort of look through that. It still seems like the future to me. It's a, it's a retro future, isn't it? So it's, it's fine. Future. Exactly. Uh, all for now, but do comment on our YouTube channel because we will read them out if they're nice. Most of them are nice because, you know, we just attract nice people. Yeah, there's the odd not nice one, but... Is there? You know, yeah. What, they blocked or something? No, I just, I just always think they must be very unhappy. So, right. we don't, you know, we, 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 we want to spread the happiness. We don't want to, no. you right. know, amplify unhappiness, do well, we? Well, you brought it up. I know. Well, let's stop talking about it then. <laughs> we I mean, on? I was feeling fine until then. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who brings us happiness always? Who's that? Well, it's one of your favourites for the podcast. I'm yeah. not sure which one he is right now. Fourth or fifth, maybe. Okay, one of the top five of Richard's favourites from the podcast. Yes. 
It's Chris Randomizer <gasps> Dale. Yes. And he's going to bring us the randomizer. Right. Where a button is pressed. Yes. By? Well, by Mark Braxton, <gasps> I hope. Let's see how he goes. Over to you, Chris. So, Mark, thank you for coming in to join us today. I hear the only reason you've made the trip in is because you're very excited about pressing the button on the randomizer here. Exactly. So, whenever you're ready, if you'd like to uh, give it a go, we'll see what you can come up with today. Right, let's not waste any time. Uh, here we go. There oh, we go. Well done, very good. So, what what series are you hoping might, might pop up on here today, possibly? Uh, maybe some UFO. UFO! Yes. I don't think we've had any UFO since we've been recording in this Really? Film. And we're not going to have any today no, either. Okay. What series have you managed to pull up for us today? Four Fellow Falls. Four Fellow Falls. And the episode is Escort. I don't remember anything about it, but it's Four <laughs> Fellow Falls. It'll be fine. Good luck. Thank you very much. <laughs> So it's time to welcome back to the randomizer Four Feather Falls. We always love a bit of Four Feather Falls with Escort, which uh, is an episode that I was looking at fairly recently because you may recall that uh, when Nigel Planer was our guest on the podcast, he was asking for a, a specific line of Tex Tuckers, and I did go through some episodes trying to find it. Um, couldn't find it. But that this shot here, uh, I recognized from uh, one of the trailers that was shot. Uh, for Four Feather Falls around this uh, this time. It may even be that this is um, trailer footage. I also noticed that um, the camera just got a bit too close to the edge of the set there. I'm letting you out of here. Oh. It's all right, Sheriff. <laughs> I'm letting you out so that you can cause some trouble and then I can arrest you again and the whole cycle continues until the end of time. Pedro and Fernando are in jail, but Tex is letting them out. He's feeling uh, generous today. Because next time I see you back, you're going to be mighty sorry. No justice. jail. So, apparently Pedro and Fernando really wanted to stay in jail. I guess they don't have anywhere to live. But probably not. Why do, why do you think they're going to change their ways? Gee, Mr. Morse, I wish I could be a telegraphist like you. Well, I thought you wanted to be a bloodthirsty sheriff and to shoot up everybody inside. Jake has um, significantly downgraded his dreams there. There's a message coming through. It says, I don't give a damn what you want out of your life, Jake. Why am I even looking after you? Now he gets hungry. Now we ain't got no money. Oh, dear. Jake, how'd you like to earn yourself a nickel? Oh. And deliver this telegram to Mr. Jackson for me. Uh, Mr. Jackson, who's, uh, oh, yeah, he's all the way over on the other side of the street. That's well worth giving Jake a nickel for. But uh, Pedro and Fernando are outside listening into all this. Please arrange Sheriff's escort. Stop bringing gold. Alvin P. Because there's uh, someone coming to town We're in business. with a bit of gold. Is not good. You heard. He wants an escort. In need of an escort. I, I got a plan. Oh, another another one of Pedro's plans from the big book of Pedro's plans. It involves, yeah, basic villain plan, changing the signposts round. She's pointing straight to our shack now. That's just what do we want. Oh, yeah. But I don't understand. This man, Hackenbacker, he wants Sherry. Oh, Hackenbacker, okay. Uh, some uh, 
pre-Thunderbird's use of the name Hackenbacker. Okay. So they're going to pose as Tex's, uh, if not deputies, then uh, representatives. Oh, okay. He's knocked up some deputy and sheriff stars. Okay, so he's going to be Sheriff, Sheriff Pedro and Deputy Fernando. Oh, but who's this watching them? It's old Big Ben on his derpy horse. Come on, fellas. Maybe a song will help to shorten the miles. I was just thinking that the plot was going a bit too fast for my liking. Yes, let's slow it down and have a song. Um, Ain't no stopping that guy once he gets a bit between his teeth. In four, fella. Oh, here we go. Okay. It's always, I always sit there wondering what song they're going to sing from the, uh, the rapid. <laughs> repertoire of four. Four feather falls. You'll always find a vacant chair. But anything can happen. Ah, yes, this is um, Dusty and Rocky's duet version. I like as well that Tex is playing on the harmonica, um, which involves both hands for the most part, being taken off of Rocky's reins. Four feather falls. Four feather falls. The only place on earth to be. It's true. Cause fader falls, four fader falls, it's happen on the range to me. Now if Mr. Hackenbacker shows up at this point and um, sees that this is the sheriff of Four Feather Falls, he might have some questions. Um, he might find Pedro and Fernando slightly more credible. Four feather falls, it's heaven on the range to me. It's heaven on the range to me. I wonder if Kenneth Connor was um, singing, if he was alternating between the two voices, or if he did one first and then the other. We'll never know. Credit to me. Oh, now we got to nice. keep moving. We don't want to keep Mr. Huckenbacker waiting. Oh, Huckenbacker, okay. Get up there, boy. Come on, get up. <laughs> This, is this a Nicholas Parsons character? Yeah. No. Goodness. It's a toss-up between Pedro and Fernando as to who has the derpiest horse this week. I think Fernando just about has it. Apart from a minute that you were bandits. Yeah, that is Nicholas Parsons. Senor, do we look like bandits? Oh, I can you not see my big smiley face and the sheriff's star? I am Deputy Pedro and this is oh, my okay. partner, Deputy Fernando. Oh, so they're representing themselves as Texas deputies, okay. Maybe we should move on. I just can't tell you how much safer I feel having you two fellows around. <laughs> this is a good voice from Nicholas Parsons. Reckon I'll take a hand in it. Well. And now tell me, uh, how long have you been working with Tex Tucker? He looks like quite a small puppet as well compared to uh, Pedro and Fernando. It's quite... Actually, that is quite a good guest puppet for this show. It wouldn't look out of place in... Um, even as late as XL5, I think you could probably get away with that guest puppet. It's quite, quite a pleasant face he's got. You can make a mistake. Good job we come along. You're darn tootin', especially with all the gold I got stashed to this rig. Oh, yes. All the same. Be sure to mention the gold to these complete strangers you just met. But you see, we go a secret way. It's much safer. 
I must say, I, I really appreciate the way you boys is looking after me. And... Yeah, I don't think Nicholas Parsons gets enough credit for his voice work on this show. Because obviously Kenneth Connor and David Graham are just you know, superb. And then people kind of go, well, Nicholas Parsons, he was the voice of the sheriff and no one else. But it's not true because he was the voice of, of Dan Morse and other guest characters in the show. This, I think, is probably one of his best. But here's Big Ben. He's, uh, he's drawn his gun on them. Ben, for this I will personally kill you. Mm, maybe not this week, or maybe not next week, maybe not in the whole series, but... Uh, uh, Get off them horses. Why are we riding out here? Oh, right, they're coming to see Hackenbacker, okay. I, thought, I forgot what they were doing, yes. I hate to mention this, but have you noticed the sign, Bert? Mm, pointing the wrong way. And I'm quite relieved that we're now at this point with Four for the Falls where I think I've covered a lot of the earliest episodes and we've, we've been covering a lot of early episodes recently. So it's nice to see Four for the Falls at the point where all of the characters are basically settled down. There's none of that early installment weird puppet stuff that... Um, I find a bit distracting yeah. in early days for for the falls. You, you ain't gonna let him get away with this, are you? He got the drop on us <laughs> if we try it. As Mr. Mr. Hackenback hasn't quite figured out what's going on here. Oh! Hand insert shot. Fernando has uh, thrown his knife at Big Ben. And um, it's pinned the sleeve to a tree. Ah, that's where they were. No time to loot. <laughs> And I said that in my most mellow voice. So it's a huge shootout now between all the villains. Uh, Pedro and Fernando seem to be shooting at each other. I'm not sure that's... Oh, Mr. Mr. Huckenback has got a gun as well. Yeah, he's quite a good shot. Oh, what happened there? Almost looked like Pedro, uh, Fernando caught fire. Oh. Tex Tucker. Tex Tucker. <laughs> Tex Tucker. <laughs> yeah. I was going to make that line and I was just waiting for him to do it. Yeah. It is here. Aww. My two what? Hey, sure, sure. Oh, if only I hadn't let them out of the jail cell. How was I to know they would cause so much trouble? We're a pretty smart guy, eh, Fernando? For amigo, the goal. What do you mean? The goal is safe. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to spin it that um, Pedro and Fernando were, were trying to help. I just don't know how to thank you two boys. <laughs> I reckon I do, Mr. Herkenbacker. Herkenbacker, okay. To show my I prefer Hackenbacker. Today. Hmm. And that's to put them back where we found them at the beginning of the episode. You boys, comfortable. It's, it's like it's starting over. Very comfortable. Oh. Food okay? See, it's good. So all you need now is a good night's rest. Well, where's Big Ben? Where's he being incarcerated? Oh, what's this? Pedro looks up at the bars. What have we got here? 
A huge pile of rubbish. Oh, okay. So he's actually going to make them work for their uh, their board and lodgings for a change. <laughs> Where'd Big Ben end up? This uh, I know it's a very small jail cell, but I'm sure I've seen the three of them in there on more than one occasion. Anywho, that was Four Feather Falls Escort, and. Uh, yeah, another thoroughly decent episode of Four Foot Falls. Uh, I wouldn't say that's one of my favourites, because, I mean, at this point, why would you ever let Pedro and Fernando out of the jail cell? Um, because you know by the end of the episode they're going to end up in there anyway. But uh, I did like the setup of that story. I always like when we have the three, well, Pedro, Fernando, and Big Ben. And I also like Mr. Herkenbacker, Blackenbacker, blah, blah, blah. blah. Oh, Four Feather Falls. Mm. I've got a soft spot for Four Feather Falls Have ever you? since Brit Sci-Fi. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think Chris does as well. Yeah. <laughs> You've certainly got a soft spot. Yes. Yeah, the lovely. Four Feather Falls. Yeah, it's, it is nice, isn't it? I do enjoy it. Yeah. It's sweet. And, and just, it, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of harmless, lovely, kind, sweet-natured fun. Um, there you go. And very kind of of, of its time, yeah. but, but still accessible. Right, there you yeah. go. Yeah, nicely nicely summarised there. Is that a I fair thought. review? I don't know. I think it was a fair review. How many Thanks. stars would you give it? Oh, more than three, because <laughs> three yeah. makes it pointless. As discussed, we yeah. want three. Yeah, no, okay. that's right. Exactly. Three, and a, three and a half. Oh, even that. <laughs> yeah, great. There four. Uh, four. Four. Good. Four, four feathers. Of course. Mm. Uh, all for now, but we will be back next week for uh, pod 282, uh, two, I two, think. Two, two, yeah, two, that's two. right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm, mm. Uh, we'll have Nicholas Young joining us as a studio guest. Yep. We'll have the randomizer, we'll have Fab Facts, we'll have the news, uh, and we'll have uh, emails from our podstrons. And the ever evolving list of Richard's favourite members of the podcast team. <laughs> Do try and keep up. Can't wait. Mm, you're seventh. Bye. There's only five of us. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. Uh, would you like to know the criteria by which I judge the members of the Anderson team? I mean, uh, there's nothing I'd like to hear more than that. How nice they are to me. Right. How often they get me cups of, cups of coffee. Well, uh, and whether okay. they avoid eye contact when they pass me in the corridor when we're not recording. Okay. I mean, I feel like I might, on recording days, have more <laughs> eye contact with you than your own wife does. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Probably don't want to think about that too it's much. It's a bit awkward now. You look, your eyes are boring into me now, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, God, that's really spooky. How do you do that? Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll look away from you in the corridor now. That's really... Shall I go and get you a coffee? That'd be nice. Don't look at me, though. You're so lovely. OK, I'll Thanks. go and get you a coffee now. Bye. I'll never make you pass number five. That was an Anderson Entertainment production. <laughs>